I'm Tavis Smiley, and uh, we are thrilled to have you tuned into our program today. Thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. Um, in this hour, uh, I am pleased to be joined by cartoonist, uh, jumpstart cartoonist, Rob Armstrong, to tell us how he turned his friendship with Peanuts creator Charles Schultz into Snoopy Presents Welcome Home Franklin. It's a new special with the Peanuts gang from Apple Plus. Charles Schultz immortalized Rob Armstrong in Peanuts as Franklin Armstrong, a character that Schultz introduced after the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968. We will talk about this new project in a moment after you hear some of the sound from Snoopy Presents Welcome Home Franklin. But here's what I'm into lately. It's John Coltrane. Listen closely, Charlie Brown. Jazz has harmonies that stay consistent. But pay attention, it has other parts that are always being improvised. Can you feel it? I like it. <laughs> Rob Armstrong, I'm honored to have you on this program. How are you today, sir? I am honored to be here. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> Man, if I complain, I'd be an ingrate. I am doing remarkably well and uh, just thrilled <laughs> to be in conversation with you. Let me start with the obvious. Um, I think it's the obvious, and then we'll work our way through this hour, and I'm so glad I have you for the hour because there's a lot to talk about uh, with you today. Yeah. So tell me about this friendship. I am jealous. I am envious. <laughs> tell me about this friendship you had with Charles Schultz. <laughs> It began when I was uh, very, very new as a, as a young cartoonist. When I signed my deal, I was only 26. Mm -hmm. I was the youngest cartoonist with a, with a contract in the country at the time. Mm -hmm. It was 1989. There were only four African-Americans in the business back then. Uh, not many more now, actually. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a strange kind of industry to pursue with not a whole lot of pioneers ahead of, ahead of us. You know what I mean? So... Mm -hmm. um, when I got into the business, I signed with um, United Feature Syndicate, mm -hmm. and United Feature Syndicate happened to be the same syndicate that distributed Peanuts and, and Garfield and some other strips. But I had uh, been following, you know, Peanuts since I was a toddler, man. Mm -hmm. So when I signed my deal, and, and it happened to be with United, I said, "Man, this is Charles Schultz's syndicate, man." You know, so <laughs> the ink was still the ink was still wet on my contract when I leaned over to my editor. <laughs> And said, uh, hey, listen, uh, can you do me a favor? She was like, what? I said, um, her name was Sarah, Sarah Gillespie. I said, Sarah, listen, um, I'm a big Peanuts fan. I would love to meet Charles Schultz. Can you introduce me to him? And she said, what are you She said, what are you saying? I said, can you introduce me to, you know, to Charles Schultz? She was like, no. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, she said, I'm not in that. Tavis, she, she literally said, I'm, I'm not in that business. Like, I understand that now. At the time, I was like, Crestfall. And I'm like, what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and she uh, she said, listen, every cartoonist who comes to the door would love that. I'm not in that business. I don't even talk to him all that much. Um, you know, it was one of those, like, Wizard of Oz type moments. You can't see the wizard. No way, no how. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I, <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, I was sad. I was like, okay. She said, look, I'll tell you what. Um, 
why don't you send him, you know, one of your cartoons? He loves that. I have mm-hmm. to know that he likes that mm-hmm. when young cartoonists do this. So I sent him a um, an original Jumpstart. In my first month, I mentioned Snoopy by name. I was so, you know, enthralled with, mm-hmm. the, with the Peanuts legend. You know, it's just a, an iconic. You know, there is no there is no thing to compare it to today. Actually, it, it, Peanuts still, oh yeah, as it was then, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Yeah, it's huge. So I, I mentioned Snoopy in one of my early strips, um, and about a year about a year went by, less than eight, about eight months or so went by, and I met a guy who knew him. I met a guy who knew Sparky Schultz. People who know him call him Sparky. Mm-hmm. And this guy said, I hear you're a big fan of Sparky Schultz. I'm like, yes, yes. This guy, Mark Cohen, guy rest his soul. So Mark Cohen said, uh, I'll take you by it. Just like that, I'll take you by his place. I was like, What? <laughs> And hold, 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 like, hold that thought, hold that thought, hold that thought. Uh, uh, he says, I'll take you by. Rob says, what? Uh, we'll continue the story when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Rank number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Okay. Ready to re-examine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. More of Rob Armstrong coming your way right now. He is the jumpstart cartoonist. So few African-Americans uh, are in this lane as cartoonists. We'll talk about that part, as we say, in just a moment here. Uh, but uh, I asked uh, Rob Armstrong moments ago, in case you've just tuned in, how in the world did you get to be friends with Charles Schultz? I asked him that uh, because, in part, uh, we are celebrating a new special with the Peanuts gang from Apple+. Plus. Uh, it's called Snoopy Presents Welcome Home Franklin. We ain't got to that part yet. We'll do that as well. Glad I've got Rob Armstrong for the hour. But he was at the at the apex of this story. He was telling us about how he finally got to meet Charles Schultz, much less become a friend of his. And so uh, he owes uh, that debt to a guy named Mark Cohen. So you run into a guy named Mark Cohen. Mark Cohen says, oh, I know, uh, I, I know Charles Schultz. I can get you to him. What happens next? Yeah, well, Mark Mark Cohen was deeply involved with the industry. He was a um, he was a collector. He had a vast collection of original works and stuff. So, you know, I was using he was he was helping me sell my originals when I was very new in the, in the business and no one knew me. So he mm-hmm. he was great for that. And uh, uh, so he was close friends with Sparky Show. And he said, uh, "I'll take you by his place, Tra- Tavis." It, it it wasn't his house, like. So one Snoopy place is where I, I had sent one of my original Jumpstart strips uh-huh. to him. One Snoopy place is not where he lives. It's where this campus exists. And it's hard to describe it. It's um, it's everything peanuts. You know, Charlie Brown, there's a cafe, there's an ice skating rink, there's an office complex. It's it's unbelievable. It For me, walking in there, <laughs> it's it was like Mecca. Like I, I walked in like, since I was born, I've been thinking about this. You know, so I walk in. And uh, the thing about Schultz, my friendship with him is it immediately was more than meeting a famous. This was not the first famous person I had met. I've sure. met I'm not going to turn this into an hour-long name-dropping thing. But Go for it. Go for it. I, I've, I've, met some, I've met some big-name athletes and movie stars. I've done that. Yeah. This was not that. I just knew immediately that this was a connection that would change my life. And, and the reason I knew it was that Charles Schultz never treated me as a fan coming into his presence. He never treated me as some guy looking for a photo opera. Mm. He treated 
my work, mm. talked about my work with such reverence that at first I was thrown by it. I was like, what's happening right now? Like, I, one of my, I sent him a strip called Hang On Snoopy. I'll be very blunt. Mm-hmm. Hang On Snoopy, very funny. You know, there's a song called Hang On Sloopy. And in my comic strip. I, my I love that character. song. I love that song, by the way. Hang On Sloopy, Hang On. I love it. Go ahead. <laughs> hang on, yeah. Hang On, right. Yeah. So Marcy, my main character, she's married to the cop. Joe and Marcy's nurse, and they're at home, and she's singing Hang On Snoopy. Snoopy, hang on at the sink. She's washing dishes. And Joe walks in the kitchen and says, Honey, that song is not saying Hang On Snoopy. It's saying Hang On Sloopy. And she goes, What? <laughs> he says, That Hang On Sloopy. It's a very famous song. She goes, No, they, they, they say Snoopy. He goes, No, they don't. Trust me. Says, Look it up. And he walks out, and then she stands there stunned and says, Huh, isn't that weird? That all these years, I thought they were saying, hang on, Snoopy, and then there's a pause, and then she continues singing, hang on, Snoopy, as if he never walked into the kitchen. Right. Anyway, so I sent that I sent that cartoon to the show. I walked in. When I, his office did not look like the rest of that campus. His office was unadorned with memorabilia or, or references to himself. There's nothing. It's a very humble, almost barren it just has mm-hmm. his drawing table in there, his desk where he writes letters, a sofa, a bookshelf, literally. Mm-hmm. I'm not even making a story here, no exaggeration. Nothing's on his walls except one framed thing. Hang on, Snoopy. That oh, cartoon I had. Oh, Lord. Was, was in a frame over his drawing <sighs> desk, Man. which I felt it didn't belong there. So I'm staring at this thing, and I made this really clumsy ham-handed remark, I, I, I said, uh, oh, okay, I see what you what you did. Thanks, I appreciate it. He said, what? I said, I, 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 I guess you heard I was coming, and you had that frame real quick, or that, whatever, it was terrible. He said, no, that's, he said, Rob, no, no, no. Jumpstart is great, man. Mm. Jumpstart is great. It's It's got what Peanuts has. Great characters and great characters. That's the whole thing. I will never be able to unhear this man say that. Mm. It it in moments when I have doubt or I can't uh, figure out what I'm doing as a cartoonist, I think about that. And relying on my characters and not on myself is what makes my comic strip work, and it's exactly what mm. makes Peanuts work, and it is exactly what makes Welcome Home Franklin work. You have to give your characters oxygen. You have to understand that they're not you. They're, they're living a different kind of an adventure, you know. So he sat down and explained to me how he felt about being a cartoonist himself, um, what, I, what I should think about as I go forward my career. And uh, Tavis, I'm telling you, he never was condescending to me or pandering to my blackness yeah. or saying that I was a lucky guy. Even yeah. my own family and friends do that. I mean, no, he, I he was not... Not doing that. He was just saying, like, mm. you're like, he, he saw himself in me. Yeah. yeah. We, had, uh, we had a strange amount of similarities. I didn't know all of that when I was sitting there with him. Yeah. But we just had a lot of things in common. He was always talking about Jumpstart in the same way he was talking about Peanuts. Yeah. There, 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 there's so many things. Let me, let me just. Let me just breathe for a second here because um, obviously you're a great cartoonist and you're also a great storyteller. Uh, and I, I appreciate that in, uh, in this medium that I am that I am in. 
Uh, storytelling makes radio work. So it's 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 a beautiful story you told. But there are three things that sort of come to mind. Um, and pardon me for a moment because as I do this, because I say to people all the time, and I think you'll appreciate this as a cartoonist, because um, whether you have ever said it this way, this is what you do every day. It's what you do with Jumpstart. Um, right. Every artist ought to have as his or her goal that when people see or imbibe your art, however that is, and whatever the art form is, my view is, is my own humble opinion, my view is that the ultimate goal is to get everyday people to situate their own humanity in your work. When, yeah. when, when your work connects to their humanity, when they can situate their humanity in your work and your witness, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet That's spot well for me. That's well said. That's well said. So, yeah. so, so I, I believe that with every fiber of my being. Uh, in that regard, as you were telling that story, I'm situating my own humanity, my own journey in the story that you were telling. And three things come to mind in that regard. Number one, uh, I was asked perhaps the most brilliant question I've ever been asked in my entire media career, 30 plus years and counting now. And I've been interviewed more times, obviously, than I can count. I am an interviewer. I'm a broadcaster. I'm an interlocutor. But obviously, oftentimes, over my career, I've been interviewed by everybody for the work that I've done. And somebody in one right. interview, somebody in one interview, Rob, asked me, uh, they knew that Dr. King was my hero. As I say all the time to this audience, I regard Dr. King as the greatest American this country's ever produced. That's my assessment. And somebody asked me one time, if you met Dr. King, what is, and you only had one question you could ask him. You met your hero. You met your, your, this iconic hero of yours. If you met him and you only had one question to ask him, what would that question be? And I am rarely stumped, Rob. I am rarely stumped. But, <laughs> but, but of all, you're telling me all the things I'd want to ask Dr. King, I only get to ask him one question? They right. said, Yes. And I literally just sat for like five. I said, give me, I, I need a minute to think about this, man. And for like five minutes, I just sat there and I thought. And we were having dinner at a cafe outside on the streets of New York. And we just sat there, people walking by, and buses, trains, everybody. And I'm just sitting there thinking. And it finally crystallized to me what I'd want to ask Dr. King if I only had a chance to ask him one question as my hero. And that question would be, very simply, how am I doing? Wow. How am I doing? I'd want his assessment of how I am doing oh in trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to do my part to make the world safe for his legacy. And I regard that legacy as justice for all, service to others, and a love that liberates people. I'm trying to do my part to make the world wrestle with and make the world safe for your legacy. My question is, how am I doing? I thought about that when you were telling me about meeting your hero, Charles Schultz. Yeah. The second thing that comes to mind when you walk in and you see Schultz has your stuff on the wall, routinely uh, on my program on PBS for 15 seasons, at the end of every conversation or during every conversation, my staff photographer, who just happened to be the youngest son of Medgar and Merle Evers, Van Evers, Van was my staff photographer, and Medgar's niece, Sheila Evers, was my makeup artist. So the Evers family was all around me every day on my set. And so we would routinely take pictures with all of our guests, Van would, and by the time the guests left, thanks to technology, by the time the guests left, Van would give each of our guests a photo of them on set with me live in conversation. Now, for all the mugs and hoodies and all the other gifts we gave away, the thing people treasured was that photo. Yeah. So one day, 
I'm with my friend Prince. Yes, that Prince. Speaking of name dropping, I'm with Prince one day. <laughs> and and Prince and I, uh, he wants to make a stop by somebody's house. And we pull up in this driveway. We get out. We walk inside. And lo and behold, it's the home of Joni Mitchell, the Joni Mitchell. Amazing. And we walk in. And I kid you not, they're sitting on Joni Mitchell's piano. Not on the wall, on her piano. Sits a picture of Tavis Smiley and Joni Mitchell. And I about had a heart attack. <laughs> when, I, when I see this photo sitting on her on her piano. And then the, the third thing that came to me while you were telling that brilliant story is how so many of us, I'm going to keep it real now, especially in, I'm talking about black America now. Mm-hmm. Rob is black, obviously. I'm black. Y'all black. And so uh, we all black here. And, right. and Well, not all of us, but you know, many of us are listening to this program right now. Uh, but we, many of us, I think, fall prey to this need, this desire for what I would call that normative white gaze, that normative white gaze. We want that. We crave that. And you're yeah. telling this story about walking into the home of your hero, Charles Schultz, because you celebrate his work, not because you're craving that normative white gaze. You want to meet this guy. But when you right. walk in that space, he does not treat you in the way that so many folk do treat us when we get into their space. And everything Absolutely. about everything about that story you told, I found arresting. But that part right there, that part right there, that he didn't treat you the way that many do when we get in their space because they know and believe that we are craving their white gaze, that's the part that knocked me off my seat. Yeah. Yeah, and it would be really difficult later on because years years ago will go by and, and I'd hear people call him a racist and stuff like there's a there's a moment in one of the uh, peanut specials. I'm jumping I'm jumping ahead. I do go ahead. I'll, I'll, go circle, ahead. I'll circle back. Go ahead. There's a moment in the Thanksgiving peanut special where um Franklin is sitting on one side of the Thanksgiving table and the rest of the peanuts, including Snoopy, is on the other side. And when the internet was invented, so that happened in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, that mm-hmm. that was created. Mm-hmm. And the internet comes around in the 2000s, 90s, 2000s, and that thing goes viral. You know, everybody has um, a, a similar reaction to it. Particularly black people have a similar response to it. Like, look at this overt racism. Look at this um, segregation in, in Peanuts. Charles Schultz clearly is a racist and all that. So I was confronted with having to defend that. I didn't have to defend it. I could have just piled on, I guess, mm-hmm. and said, yeah, yeah, man, look at this. Mm-hmm. But I happen to know he was not racist. I happen to know not only did he treat me, and I'm not saying that because he treated me well. That's not a sign of mm-hmm. anything. Sure. He treated me well because he respected my work. You sure, know what sure. I mean? but, but when he was putting Franklin into the cast of Peanuts in 1968, um, it was at the urging of a, of a Jewish woman uh, named Harriet Glickman, also a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and uh, she had written a number of letters to him. When that wasn't working, she had asked black people who were prominent to write letters, and and Schultz considered it and relented. He he was hesitant to do it, not because of rape, his own biases against black people. He was hesitant to do it because he knew that white people would turn against him mm-hmm. and that black people might mistake his intentions as pandering mm-hmm. so he had these two these two big things stopping mm-hmm. him he mm-hmm. got over those two things added his uh submitted his week the first week of um of franklin he's meeting 
Charlie Brown and Charlie Brown's beach ball goes in the water and he retrieves it and says, Hey, I think this is yours. And, and Franklin and Charlie Brown become friends, little friends on the beach. It's very innocent and sweet. Well, that week of strips, when it landed on the desk of Schultz's editor, um, his, his editor said, we're not running these. He called Schultz and said, we're not running. He just sent in these this black kids in here. We're not running these. And Schultz said, uh, why not? He said, because, um, you know, we have readers all over the country and, you know, they're not going to receive this very well in certain states. And you, you don't, you don't need that kind of headache. We don't need that kind of headache. You don't need it. And Schultz said, huh, that's interesting. Um, I quit. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that. Hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Uh, they refuse. His editor tells him we ain't running no Charles Schultz peanuts clip uh, strip with a black kid in it, a little black boy named Franklin. We ain't we ain't having it. We're not running this strip. And Charles Schultz says, I quit. Uh, because Rob Armstrong knew Charles Schultz, he knows the rest of this story, and he'll share it with us when we come forward. And we ain't even got yet to the, to the special. <laughs> Snoopy presents Welcome Home Franklin. That's why he's really on. But this backstory is so rich. It is so amazing. We'll get to it, I promise. I'm delighted to have cartoonist, uh, jumpstart cartoonist Rob Armstrong right now on Tavis Smiley. Seeking the truth. Speaking the truth. This is the Tavis Smiley Show. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. It is not intentional, uh, Rob Armstrong, uh, I say to the audience, but we keep having these uh, amazing cliffhangers <laughs> in, this, <laughs> in this conversation with you. Uh, the, the last cliff you left us hanging on uh, was Charles Schultz telling his editor uh, when he included this black boy named Franklin into the strip. His editor right. said to him, uh, we're not running this. <laughs> and uh, Charles Schultz said what, Rob Armstrong? Either you run it like I sent it or I quit. Mm. You know what, Tavis? We all have a, uh, you know, a hill that we would die on. Everybody has a oh, yeah. stand, oh, yeah. position, a platform, whatever. But we're not asked to put everything on a line for it very often. I think at some point we might. Mm-hmm. But we, for many of us, it hasn't happened yet or whatever. We can just kind of make these proclamations, whatever. Yeah. But he put it all on the line. Now, you have to realize this is 1968, and Peanuts was huge. Mm-hmm. He was... um. He was already the most successful cartoonist the world has ever seen. And he told his editor that he had principles greater than him mm. that needed to be held up. And uh, it's something we can all learn something from. Um, but for the sake of what I'm trying to point out right now, he's not a racist. Yeah. No. And um, um, when, um, <clears throat> when I met him i just wanted honestly i would have been happy he was nice to me just nice to me he was just like uh you know welcome to my studio whatever the fact that um i knew this was um something more believe it or not more than even a friendship i knew that something was happening i I could tell something very serious was taking place i didn't know exactly what it was i just knew that this was not a photo op this was not chance encounter this was not a meeting of a celebrity none of that and it wasn't even a friendship it was a greater thing so years would go by like he was um he was very (laughs) he was he was interesting he would call me 
sometimes just to talk about the process. You yeah. Know? What are you What are you working on? Like, how did you come up with that? Let, know, let, 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 like, let me cut in for a second because you said something. You said something yeah. a moment ago that that I don't want to run past too quickly because I I, I okay. think I think there's something there and I want to interrogate it because I don't know the answer and that's why I want to interrogate it because I, I I get okay. it. I suspect your answer may be instructive and informative not just for me, uh, not just for yours truly, but indeed for those listening right now. And that is, you said you knew it was something special. It wasn't just a celebrity uh, photo op. Um, it wasn't even just a friendship. It was deeper than that. That's your phrase. It was deeper than that. Yeah. What is deeper for Rob Armstrong than friendship? What is that deeper thing? A, a chance to impact the whole world. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a friendship can be very personal. Mm -hmm. like, hey, guess who my buddy is? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, and you have benefits to that. That's not a small thing. Friendship sure. is very important. This mm -hmm. whole special, this Franklin thing is about friendship and the, mean, the true meaning of it. But the chance to make a massive impact on the whole world this comes around maybe once and mm. not in, in everyone's lifetime yeah. it comes about maybe once in certain people's lifetimes it, mm. it's happened to you it's happened to certain people so when uh when i was in his presence even not in his presence just out to dinner or whatever i uh, i had a sense that he felt that I had this, literally this seat at the table. It's really weird that, you know, Franklin would years later be accused of not having a seat at the table. <laughs> but I thought he was giving me a seat right away yeah. at the table. Yeah. Um, so about four years into our friendship, you know, our, our phone calls are very sort of innocent, innocuous. They weren't that big. They weren't momentous. Mm -hmm. you know, one day he called me and I could sense something deeper was happening. And he said, um, uh, do you have a minute? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was in, in the middle of whatever. <laughs> sure, Sparky, I have a minute. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, I'm doing a um, DVD, straight to DVD, peanut special called You're in the Super Bowl, Charlie Brown. And I said, oh, congratulations. He said, no, I'm not calling to announce that to you, but thank you. That's not what I'm calling about. He said, in that special, each kid is called out by their first name and their last name to run out and do a, um, a football exercise. And I noticed that, you know, Charlie Brown is called and Linus Van Pelt, et cetera. I noticed that when Franklin, when the PA announcer says, and now Franklin, it's awkward because he has no last name. He said, you ever noticed that? Does that bother you? I said, actually, I thought that was his last name. He said, no, no, no. His last name has never been... Revealed. I, I've never given him one. It's not right. I said, you know what? People understand. It's this is fine. Mm -hmm. He said, no, it's not fine. Mm -hmm. I I want to give him your last name. It's got a nice ring to it. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's like someone. Travis, it's like someone saying, "We're going to add a face to Mount." Rushmore. Yeah. How, how would you feel if it was yours? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, sure. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, so I was um, stunned. I, I said, I said, listen, Sparky, you don't have to do that, man. That's that's so touching to me. Wow. He's like, I just want your blessing. That's all. Mm. I said, well, of course, man. I'm, I'm touched. I'm, I'm very honored that you would, would even think that. 
Good. And then he hung up quick, very abruptly. And next thing I know, this thing comes out <laughs> on DVD. <laughs> Franklin comes running out there with his helmet on. His whole name is in this DVD. Tavis, I was so I was so taken aback by it. You're not even going to like what I'm about to tell you. I'm okay. going to be honest with you. Okay. I was so taken aback by it that I didn't tell anyone. Wow. Didn't tell my friends to go out, go out and buy this DVD. I didn't tell my wife. Guess what just happened? Um, and didn't I didn't tell anyone. You know, I, I I just was I felt unworthy to be completely blunt. I mm. just felt I don't know how all this has happened. Lord. I still had almost no fans. I, I was just starting out my career. I was in a handful of newspapers. I was still telling my relatives that I was a cartoonist. Mm. And if you go to certain cities, you could see my work. And anyway, I just felt like. It, it, it was too much, and yeah. I and I waited 12 years to reveal it to anyone. Mm. And I was giving a speech at the museum. His widow built a gorgeous um, monument to him called the Schultz uh, Museum and Research Center. It's beautiful in Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. California. And I was asked to speak there a few times. And my very first visit there was 2006. He was gone for six years. And I was so thrilled. I, I missed him. I still miss the guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was giving this speech, and... um. I said, yeah, by the way, and I pointed at this uh, thing on the wall with Franklin on it. And I said, yeah, by the way, that, that's my man right there. That's Franklin Armstrong. He was named after me by Sparky Show. And I just brushed past it real fast. I still mm-hmm. felt weird talking. Mm-hmm. So his, his widow said, so the speech was over. And it was great. It was like 30 people. And they were standing on their feet, mm-hmm. applauding, standing ovation. Uh, his widow waited for the room to clear out and said, uh, how come he never told me that? <laughs> I said, Jeannie, look, um, Honestly, I don't know. It's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, why would he even do it? Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to brag about it. I'm going to call my friends and brag about it. It's unbelievable, you know? He, she said, look, it's not bragging. It's changing the game. It changes everything, Rob. Yeah. It's very serious that he yeah. did that. Yeah. And... um Sure enough, I don't know whether I don't know what happened after that, but the phone began to ring. I did NPR after that. So the story got out, man. Were, oh yeah, it got out. It got out. There. <laughs> it, it got out. That, that's how. That's how I know it now. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my clock. I've got 15 minutes left in this conversation, and I still haven't gotten to Snoopy presents Welcome Home Franklin. It's the new special with the Peanuts gang from Apple Plus. I promise you, this is all Rob. Don't blame me. It's Rob Armstrong's fault. Uh, if, if his backstory weren't so fascinating, we could have gotten to this before now. But I know you've been enriched about this conversation as I am uh, sitting in this chair. More with Rob Armstrong, the cartoonist behind Jumpstart, when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Can you dig it? Come on! Smart talk for curious people just like you. Just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley and uh, the Jump Start cartoonist Rob Armstrong talking about his new project, Stupid Presents. Welcome home, Franklin. I got to ask you one final question. I want to spend the rest of our time talking about the special, uh, and this yeah. will bring this thing full circle. I think. Um, why do you think that over the course of many, many years, and even in this moment, this present moment, there are and have been so few African American cartoonists, Rob Armstrong? Because there's no clear path to success. There's no, there's no clear path to the front door. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just absolutely uh, there's a dearth of opportunity uh, to learn about it. Um, it requires tremendous dedication to become syndicated, by the way. You have to yeah. almost have a, a past 
in my case, I had a long history. I, I had sold my first cartoons as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So by the time I was pursuing uh, syndication, I had done four years of, uh, in college and um, yeah. uh, at Syracuse University. I'd done a comic strip all four of those years for the school papers. I had that portfolio. But having all these all these things in preparation for for cartooning is simply unknown to the black community. I'm actually involved with um, the Peanuts Worldwide organization with something called the Armstrong Project, mm-hmm. named after myself and, and Franklin Armstrong. And uh, we're just providing opportunity for um, HBCUs, Hampton mm-hmm. and Howard, and, and showing kids how to get in, um, giving them internships, um, exposure to my world of animation and newspaper syndication. Um, we've had four applicants win scholarships. Haley Cartwright from Howard, from Harry Haley Cartwright from Hampton won the first year. So did um, Promise Robinson from Howard. Mm-hmm. This year, Jasmine Marsh from Howard has won the scholarship. And it's like a tenth, and Arthur Green from mm-hmm. Hampton. It's like a ten thousand dollars scholarship that they win each, and the school gets an endowment of a hundred thousand. Each school gets an endowment of a hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. um, it's just a small. It, 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 I, I feel like wow too because I want to. No, ten thousand dollars for the students and hundred thousand dollars endowment to the school. That's a nice gift, brother. That's a nice gift. Yeah. I I, so, I I would take it. In a heartbeat. Oh my god. When we come when we yeah. come forward in our remaining moments with uh Jumpstar cartoonist Rob Armstrong, we'll talk uh, uh exclusively about this uh series I've been mentioning all throughout this hour. Uh, but you'll get uh, more on it when we come forward. Snoopy presents Welcome Home Franklin. Rob Armstrong is on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. All right, Rob Armstrong, at the time I have left, let's talk about Snoopy Presents. Welcome home, Franklin. Take it away, sir. Yeah, so um, Apple TV Plus has a, um, a streaming special called Welcome Home, Franklin, and uh, it's really um, just a stunningly beautiful piece. Um, I mentioned early on I, I didn't feel worthy to carry this this character's name or vice versa, but now I do, man. Mm-hmm. Like we, uh, I had a great team. I worked with Craig Schultz, the son of Charles Schultz. I worked with his grandson, Brian Schultz. I worked with uh, Neil Iuliano and Scott Montgomery. So I didn't do this alone, but I just had a great team with me. Uh, incredible soundtrack, man. Jeff Morrow, uh, uh, our composer, he used to have a beautiful soundtrack. Like it paid such homage to our culture, mm-hmm. but it also pays homage to the legacy of Schultz and it just carries forward something that he, uh, he started in a beautiful way. And, uh, so far the reviews have been really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen them. Yeah, they, they have been nice. Um, well, g- g- give, give me, uh, without giving too much away, g- give me the top line. What's the, what's the storyline? Franklin has a, um, an existing storyline. He comes into the strip. He meets Charlie Brown and, is a beach ball and he returns to Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So he's got a backstory, but it's been, uh, been given uh, very little illumination. Like you don't know that much about him. And this answers all the questions about where, where he came from, his military background, his family moved around a lot. He never had a chance to make real friends. And he comes to this neighborhood and he's like, I want to make, a, I want to make friends. And he, uh, he's been, Sort of raised by his grandfather, actually. His grandfather had given him all this sage advice his whole life. And uh, he just follows this thing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of chapter and verse. Like, yeah. here's how you make friends. you got to be a winner, and you have to do this and that. And it kind of speaks on a subtextual level about how we are as black people. We have to, we come into contact 
with other races, we do it by a kind of um, a structure and, mm-hmm. and, and a calculation. And we just can't be ourselves. We have to be careful what we say, how we say it. Yeah. So he's doing that. But, but it's innocent. You don't notice what I'm telling you now. I'm telling you how it was written. Sure, so sure. We, we, we can be, um, um, we have to express ourselves a certain way to be accepted sometimes. Yeah, sure. There, 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 showing there, that there is a there is a subtlety. There's a subtlety. Yeah, and yeah. but but we have this rich thing to offer, and so he talks about uh, you know, for example, his his uncle played in the Negro Leagues, and that's my uncle mm-hmm. in real life. My uncle Eugene Benson played for the Philadelphia Stars. So he talks about his uncle and Charlie Brown. Goes, I never heard of that guy. He said, "Well, he <laughs> played for the Negro Leagues," and, and Charlie Brown says, "What is that?" <laughs> and he explains, you know, there was a time when black players and white players couldn't. You know, and Charlie Brown goes, wow, I, I didn't know that. A kid can learn so much hanging around with you, Franklin. You know, it's just a way to. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. It's a loving way to talk about these these issues. No, that's the power of art, though, right? That's why I love art, man. I love it because there's so many creative ways to to engage conversations that I can't do on talk radio that you can't do in other spaces in in our in our democracy. Um, But uh, I love I love the arts for that. I got about 60 seconds left. Um, I'm I'm celebrating you and the special Snoopy presents. Welcome home, Franklin, uh, now on Apple, uh, Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. Um, uh, 30 plus years later, how's the Cobb family doing? (laughs) I'm in um, I'm in a nice number of newspapers, man. Yeah. It's not it's not forty papers. I'm in close to seven hundred papers now. And, oh um, Jesus! <laughs> uh, yeah, now, you know, and, and it's nice to be recognized, not just for that, but be, but, but for my outreach. And, and and I'm the national spokesman for the Police Athletic League. Mm-hmm. I want to bring police in in, in in contact with youth, and uh, you know, to be a part of the solution in any small way. I oh, think yeah. that's our real ob- obligation yep. for sure. For those of you who are Jumpstart readers, and that's a whole lot of you in 700 plus papers across this country, you understand that Jumpstart is, uh, it is, uh, it's really about discovering the extraordinary and the ordinary every single day. And uh, Rob Armstrong does an amazing job with this cartoon strip, Jumpstart, uh, as he's Thank done you, with, uh, my, my pleasure, brother, I mean every word of it, as he's done with Snoopy Presents, Welcome Home Franklin on Apple Plus. Uh, Rob, I'm delighted in this, man. I knew I knew it was going to be a great conversation. certainly figured it would be, but it, it far exceeded my expectations. I, this has been rich, rich, rich. <laughs> and for that, my friend, I say thank you. Oh, thank you. You've done amazing things for our our world. I appreciate you so much. Good to have you on this program. 